Welcome to Postcast. The Utah Jazz fall in San Antonio tonight to the San Antonio Spurs, 126-122. But they trailed by 20, and there were some things that weren't so good tonight before the rally. We're going to discuss them coming up on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone with you here in on Postcast as the Jazz trailed by 20 tonight. The rally's nice, and they got late, and there's a Malik Beasley three that have had it gone in. It would have been a one-point game, and the Spurs are the worst team in the NBA by a million miles in the fourth quarter. You kind of felt like they could have collapsed, but they didn't. And the fact of the matter is the Jazz were down 20 against the San Antonio Spurs team that lost 15 of 19. And I, I think we could get lost tonight by focusing too much on the last four minutes because, to me, the first 44 are probably more important for the future of the Utah Jazz and what's going on with this team. I totally agree with that. Totally agree. I mean, it's not so much that the shots were not falling. It was the type of shots that the San Antonio Spurs were getting and what the Jazz were doing to let them have those type of shots. And we mentioned earlier 74 points in the paint. A lot of that was because of that. The Spurs finished taking... 47% of their shots tonight at the rim. Now, to give the Jazz credit, the Jazz took 41% of their shots at the rim. Like, it, it, it's virtually impossible to get more than 40% of your shots at the rim on a given night. Spurs got 39 shots at the rim. They got In the first half, they went 16 of 21 at the rim. In the second half, they went 14 of 18 at the rim. That's They sliced up the Jazz defense to get to just on the rim all the time. Uh the Jazz defense was a million times better when Walker Kessler was on the floor, but he didn't stay on the floor very long because they were attacking the rim so much they got Walker Kessler in foul trouble. Yeah, for two early fouls in the first quarter, then he picked up two early fouls in the second quarter, kind of took him off the floor. Um, but, uh, again, you know, the, the points, that, the way they were getting points is just unbelievable. I thought, David, and I said this over the air, that I thought the Spurs did a better job, and the reason they had so many points in the paint was of running the same offense than what the Jazz were able to do. And, and uh, turning the corner uh, and, and with Cassell, I mean, Cassell, um, uh, Jones, um, Johnson, you know, those guys, that they did a great job of, of running that offense. So what were they doing? What, what were they doing to get on the rim all night long? Well, the pick and roll, first of all. And, and anytime you have a drop big. We run a drop big with Kessler. They run a drop big there with, uh, with, with Pirtle. So who got the better part of that, you know, with their offense? It was, it was the San Antonio Spurs. Mid-range jump shot, or they're able to get all the way to the rim. Uh, it, it's, uh, it was just the fact that they were... They, they were better at it. Uh, the weak side action, a, a lot of times, we thought the Jazz were going to go under on those some of those screens. They were going over the top, and they were still able to turn the corner and, and get into the paint. Uh, just adjustments. I don't know if it's adjustments on the fly that the San Antonio players were making uh, individually or it was something they were paying a lot of attention to. Tonight when Walker Kessler was on the floor... The Spurs shot 16 of 35. That's good. That's right. But it's below 50%. When Walker Kessler was off the floor tonight, the Spurs shot. They've, I've got to update the number here. The Spurs shot 32 of 52, it looks like. 32 of 52, Ron. Yeah, and that's an example of what I'm talking about right there. I mean, it, Kessler. 
uh, is going to protect the rim. Uh, he's going to challenge shots. Uh, and, and, and then teams are, are not going to get, get to the rim. But still, that mid-range jump shot that, that they were able to make there really makes a big difference. This shows how important he is to what the Jazz want to do defensively, even if they're dropping him as, as a big. So on the offensive side of things, the Jazz tonight scored 26 in the first. In the first half of the second quarter, they go 0 for 11 to start the night. This was a team that at one point in time this year was in the top five in the league in assist to field goal rate. They're, since November 28th, they're now in the bottom four of assist to field goal rate. Tonight they end up having 22 assists on 39, or 20 assists on 39 field goals. That will keep them in the bottom four. What has happened that this team is not an assist generating offense anymore? I think the ball is stopping a little bit more than it did at the beginning of the year. Uh, the lineup really makes a big difference. You know, uh, Kelly Olenek has missed the last four, four games. Uh, that has a lot to do with the, uh, the ball stopping, meaning, meaning Beasley's in the lineup. He's a scorer. He's a shooter. He likes the three. Uh, Clarkson. And then you got Kess, uh, Collins Sexton there as well. So the, the style of play changes a little bit when all three of those guys are on the floor. At the same time, where if Kelly Olenek was on the floor there, you'll see a little bit more of what uh, Will Harding wants out there on the floor as far as moving the basketball, weak side action, uh, you know, that type of thing. How much do you just put tonight into make or miss? I mean, they take a lot of shots in the room, but so do we. Yeah. And on the other end, the Jazz end up going 13 of 43 from three. They shoot 30%. Malik Beasley goes 2 of 11, including the one that popped out late. Clarkson goes 2 of 6 from three and eight of 19 overall how, how much do you just decide tonight's a little bit of a make or miss league yes and no david I, I don't know if i could put a number on that i think i'd take all of beasley's three-point shot attempts maybe 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 one or two i would not like and i think there was one or two clarkson i thought was uh forced a few and but he still had a chance to make it interesting at the end of the basketball game. They scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. And you still had a chance to make it interesting in the fourth quarter. They did just, just do that. So the make-a-miss part of the ball game is that three that, that um, Beasley missed that went into the basket. And, and Trey out. Jones hit a floater right after right that. Right after that, yes. That, was, uh, that kind of popped in and popped out. Jazz offensive rating by the end of the night, by the way, was a 117, which is kind of right on our season number. Now, you probably should be a lot better than your season number against the worst defensive team in the league, so it's hard, and it's frankly hard to complain about the Jazz. So we're talking about the Jazz took 34 shots at the rim, and I think they took 37 free throws. So it's not one of those things where you just settled for outside shots and then they didn't go. You actually had pretty good shot distribution. The defense, though, tonight I think would be problematic, and as you are saying, the Spurs have very much played the Jazz game at a better level than the Jazz did. All right, here's what the mystery to me now, okay? The Jazz are 14-10 and 10 this year against teams above 500, and they have also lost to Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio. So who are the Utah Jazz? Yeah. That's a very, very good question, and if I had to, to make a point, I would say that this, this is a team that's growing in... Uh, together, a team that's 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 needs and, and 
I don't know, that, that will get better going forward. I just don't think that, that just because they've lost to those teams that it, it's something that you should be really concerned about. I mean, this, these are professional teams. Matchups make a big difference in, in this league, and there are going to be some teams that the Jazz have no chance of beating. And then there's well, I think we might have seen that in Milwaukee and Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, you know, but then there's teams that, uh, you know, you score 117 points. What if the Jazz were under their uh, points possession? Well, right. Yeah, against this team. But you then, shouldn't, then you, you really shouldn't even be story. average, right? You should be well above your average because you're playing a bad defensive team. This is the night where you should really feast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did not do that. So not a great night by the Jazz, frankly. They, they rallied and they've left us with a decent taste in their mouth. But I think this will be a tough film for them to watch. I think 44 minutes of this film tonight, Will Hardy will not like a lot of what he saw in this I game. I totally agree with you. Totally individually and collectively as, uh, as far as the execution is concerned. But individual defense, there will be some that he will not like there as well. All right, two stars. Let's start with our first star, Lowry Markin tonight, 32 points, 12 rebounds, 13 of 13 from the free throw line. What did you see out of Lowry tonight, a night where he really, I thought, tried to command himself as the number one scorer and tried to carry the team a little bit? Well, he changed his game a little bit. I, I thought more so in, in, in third, starting in the third quarter. Uh, he wasn't just letting the game come to him. He started taking the ball to the basket. I think he got something like 12. In that third quarter, I think he got one field goal, and the rest of them was free throw. So he start, he changed his game, started going to the basket gave to, uh, you know, to get to the free throw line. And now when that starts to happen, then you can make some outside shots because now they're starting to play you for the dribble drive. Uh, 13 free throws a night. He was 10 for 13 from the field, and I think most of those came in that in the fourth period, not not the third period. Uh, I'm going to go my second star tonight's Mike Conley, really because I held an extended conversation with him before the game about how the knee was coming along, and he'd never dealt with a knee problem at any point in his career. He's had some you know, uh, muscle issues, and he said that he's had to learn how to change the way he's landing on his front foot on the shot, and had been working on it to to get it to because it just didn't feel right otherwise. And to see him go five of seven from three tonight, to me, says that he took the break, worked on this, tried to figure out how to land his foot differently than he had been. He usually comes heel forward, but now he's got to kind of come flatter. He was saying, and uh, so credit to Mike Conley for kind of adjusting his game and dealing with this injury and going five for seven for three. Tonight. I'm in total agreement with you with him, uh, and he needed to have a game like he had tonight. He shot the basketball very very well, and just think about this, David. He's 34. Is that right? 33, 34 years, somewhere in there. And you've been shooting the same shot all your life, and it's been money for the most part. Now at this age, you have to make a little bit of an adjustment, and not just the adjustment that you're making. You're thinking, I can't do this, you know, and and it's it's not like it's not muscle memory or not automatic that I'm going to shoot this same shot every time. Now I have to think about how to land, uh, but still get my shot off and, and be effective. That is postcast tonight. We'll talk about it some more tomorrow on Locked on Jazz from the Bay Area. Thanks very much for tuning in today. Hope you're doing great. Hope you've had a nice holidays. We'll be back with you. Jazz Warriors next and then Jazz Kings before the trip is over. Tomata Sabonis report may actually be all right. He's going. He's questionable for their next game after his hand injury. We'll see whether the Jazz see him. See you later.